Welcome to this week's episode of the Berwyn United Methodist Church podcast. This is a podcast edition of the worship service for February 25th, 2024. The service revolves around the theme of recognizing our need for Christ and crying out for mercy, as we see in the story of the healing of Bartimaeus. Through that story, we learn about the importance of faith, humility, and the transformative power of encountering Jesus. We hope you'll be inspired and challenged as we unpack the key lessons from this captivating story. We'll begin with prayer. Loving God, we ask that you would make us especially aware of your presence in our lives, that we would make us, you would make us aware of your spirit moving in our midst so that as we have heard your word read and hear it now proclaimed, we may be transformed by your presence so that the words of my mouth or the meditations of all our hearts are pleasing to you and we may be once again focused on what you would have us hear and learn. We ask this all in the name of Christ. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is Psalm 34, verse 9 through 14. And you can follow along on the screens or in your pew Bible on page 508. O fear the Lord, you his holy ones, for those who fear him have no want. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Which of you desires life and covets many days to enjoy good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Our gospel reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 32 to 52. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus was walking ahead of them. They were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. He took the twelve aside and again began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and they will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit upon him, and flog him, and kill him. And after three days, he will rise again. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it that you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But it's to sit at my right hand or that my left is not mine. It has been, but it is for those for whom it has already been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to get, be angry with James and John. So Jesus said to them and said, You know that among Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. 
but it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to be your servant and whoever wishes to be first among you must be a slave to all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. They then came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We're on our way to Jerusalem. Jesus has told his disciples that he will be beaten, flogged, mocked, crucified, and buried. He has told his disciples this on two other occasions before today's passage. Each time he tells it, the disciples get maybe a little bit clearer of who he is and what he is there for. But their vision is still clouded. They still fail to see what Jesus is trying to tell them. It happens again in this passage that we just read, where James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come to Jesus and say, grant us whatever we ask of you. Now, if my kids came to me and said, hey, I want to ask you of something, but I want you to say yes now before I actually ask it, most of you would probably give second thought before saying sure. Then Jesus does as well. What is it that you want? I want you to pay attention to that language. And what Jesus' response is, compared to the story of this healing of this blind beggar, Bartimaeus. Because it's very similar in structure. Jesus goes on to tell the disciples that, that uh, they will drink the cup that he drinks from. They will be baptized with the way he's going to be baptized. Meaning they will suffer and die for his sake. But it is not for him to decide who's at his left and who is at his right. Now the other ten, having heard the two ask this, are still thinking of who's going to be most important, and they get angry at the two for asking. But we transition to the story of Bartimaeus, the blind beggar. He's calling out in the crowd. He hears through the murmuring of the crowd that Jesus is passing through. He hears it all, and he knows that this is his chance. He had heard the stories of what Jesus had done in other towns He had heard the stories that Jesus would not turn away from somebody who called out to him. And so he does just that. Son of David, have mercy on me. And he calls this out louder. He's getting so loud and so obnoxious that the people around him tried to shut him up. They're just trying to catch a glimpse of this Jesus walking by. Maybe follow along for a little while. It's not really that they're looking for something. They don't feel their need for Jesus. And so they're trying to quiet the one who is calling out for mercy. 
He calls out even louder for Jesus to have mercy on him. He is aware of his need for Jesus. And he is aware of how crucial it is that he calls out to him and takes the chance that he has in these moments as the Savior passes him by. He could have called out, Jesus, heal my eyes. Jesus, give me sight. But instead, he calls out, have mercy on me. Please call me to you. And I think one of the reasons he does this is while he's heard the stories of what Jesus can do, he's not exactly sure what Jesus would do. And so rather than the disciples, where they knew exactly what they wanted to ask of Jesus and hoping and knowing that Jesus could give it to them, they come to Jesus saying, well, say yes to whatever we ask of you. The blind beggar approaches Christ in humility, not assuming what Jesus will do, but simply calling out for mercy. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, who is walking along, he's got his eyes set on Jerusalem. It's only a day's journey, a nine-hour walk from Jericho to Jerusalem. He hears the blind beggar crying out for mercy, and he turns his head and says, tell him to come. Tell him to come to me. And the whisper down the lane of the crowd to this blind beggar saying, the master calls to you, the master bids you to come. He has heard your pleas for mercy and he draws you to himself. Now Jesus, who we know has intimate knowledge of the disciples are arguing about or thinking as they're having this conversation over to the side and Jesus says, what are you guys talking about? And they first, they try to say, oh, nothing, it's not important. What are you guys talking about? Well, we're just trying to decide who's most important. Jesus knew what they were talking about. And so this Jesus that seems to have this intimate knowledge of so many different things asks the blind beggar this question. Well, what do you want me to do for you? It's that same language that he asked the disciples. And the blind man, known to be blind by everyone around him, says the obvious, well, I'd like to see again. I'd like you to recover my sight. Jesus heals him. Jesus says his faith has healed him, and the man immediately follows Jesus on the way. The man joins the journey up to Jerusalem. But more than that, Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. Christians were known as the people of the way. This is more than just this man traveling with Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. He wholeheartedly gets behind Jesus as a follower. But what does this story mean for us? We're not blind. We can see. We do have need of Christ. I think that first calling Bartimaeus, son of David, have mercy on me, is where we often need to begin. We are unsure of what Jesus can do for us. We may not even be sure what we're going to ask for. Recognizing our need, that we are in complete need of Christ, the only thing we can do in these moments, when we recognize our frailties, our failings, our inability to bring about change, what we can do, the only thing we can do, 
is cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me. When you're aware of your need for Christ, but unable to express what your needs are, the starting step is to simply cry out for mercy. And not just once and not just timidly, but to cry out for mercy, to cry out for Christ, even as those around you would say, be quiet, being annoying. We're trying to do what we're trying to do but to insistently and persistently cry out, trusting that Jesus will hear, trusting that Jesus will call us to him, and knowing that Jesus is able to do something. We may not know what he will do, but we cry out in faith. This is the faith of Bartimaeus that made him well to cry out for mercy in spite of people telling him to quiet down. And Jesus hears and responds just as he will do for us, as he hears us cry out for the change that only he can bring about in our lives. The next step for Bartimaeus was when Jesus says, come, he threw off his cloak. He rose so fast, he ran so fast, that he just left behind his garments where he stood. And he came running to Jesus. He didn't want that time with Jesus, that encounter with Jesus, that chance of redemption, of healing, of restoration, to pass him by because he was too slow. comes to Jesus and asks, for what he wants. He doesn't do so timidly. He says, I want to see again. How many times do we approach prayer asking for what we believe we need timidly? Either because we're not sure if God can do anything, or we're not sure God will do what we're asking, or we don't want to impose on God. How many times do we hold back saying, God's not worried about the things I'm worried about. My situation is just too small to be of consequence to God's attention. And so we hold back and we miss out on the healing and life change. That's possible. There's something else going on here. Jesus could have healed him at a distance. We had seen that happen before. Jesus could have known what he needed and healed him at a distance and said, well, I'm going to continue on my journey. When Jesus called to him, Jesus could have touched him and healed him instead of asking him, what do you want me to do for you? But Jesus didn't do any of that. When he called the man over and the man had to respond, and then when he asked the man what he wanted and the man had to respond, Jesus didn't have to do any of that, and yet he did. Why? Why would Jesus have asked these questions? It's not just about him imposing change upon us from a distance. It's an invitation to be a part of the healing that we seek. It's not just God doing whatever God wants. It's a partnership. Now, all of that is contingent on God's action first but it doesn't negate that we have a role in the very things that we're talking about. We have a role in healing. 
We have a role in restoration. We have a role, even if it's just to know what we need to ask for. If you're crying out to God, heal me of whatever it may be. Restore me, for I am broken. I'm lost. I keep making the wrong choices, and I can't do anything else, it seems. But if you're not taking the steps as he calls out to you, then why do you think he'll force that healing upon you if you're unwilling to take the steps? Jesus had healing stories that happened in multiple parts where it didn't happen all at once. There was a blind man where Jesus first spits in some mud and he rubs it on the man's eyes and say, well, what do you see? And the man says, well, I kind of see people, but they look like trees walking around. And so then Jesus has to do it again. Sometimes healing happens immediately. Sometimes it happens in parts. But each step along the way requires of us an insistence of faith to say, I know Jesus will do something. I know it is in the power of God to heal me and to bring me hope and restoration, to break my brokenness, to break my sin. I know it is in God's power to do that. We simply need to cry out, to go to him when he calls to us, to make our needs known with faith and insistence, and then to take that healing and follow him along the way. The man's restoration, the man's healing was only the first part of the mercy that he asked for. There was the healing and then the place for him to follow, to grow, to experience more than he could ever hope for and experience a transformation of life that perhaps he didn't even know was possible. And the same is true for us but we need to claim the faith of Artemis. We need to cry out for mercy. We have to recognize our need and not stop crying out until God acknowledges us. We need to be willing when he calls us to get up from where we are to take steps to him. We need to make our needs known to God, trusting that he is going to do something beyond anything we can imagine. And then we have to go with him on the journey and not just go back to what our lives were before. This is the healing of Bartimaeus. This is the healing that is available to each and every one of us. Amen. Let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks first and foremost for all the ways that you have blessed us, for all the ways that you remind us that you are with us, for all the ways that you tell us in your scripture and through your your deeds and your works in our world and in our lives that, that we are not beyond your grace. And though we may think we are, may feel like we have everything under control, you remind us through your spirit that we are in need of your mercy. That no matter what we are going through, whatever, what we, no matter what we are facing, our first call is to call out to you in faith and in trust. Help us when we feel like calling out to you is a failure on our part. Help us to see that there is no, nothing that we are facing that is too great or too little to be outside of your care. 
For we are your beloved children. And you are not too busy going along the way to call us to you. Help us to hear your voice calling out to us to to come to you for that mercy, to come to you for that healing. And help us in our prayers to boldly ask for that which we feel we need. And help us to follow you along the way. We lift up those names that we have placed before you this day. We lift up Carol. We lift up Amy's father. We lift up Dick and Romaine. We place them in your loving care, not because you don't know who they are or already are not aware of their needs, but because their needs, their desires, their hopes are bigger than what we can ever hold on to. And so we place them at your feet and place them in your care, not so that we can wash our hands of them, but so that through you and through your calling on us, we ask if there is any way that we can be an answer to their prayer, to the prayers that we have lifted up, if there's any way that we can be an answer to the, the, the prayers in our community for healing and hope and transformation, if there's any way that we can be your hands, your feet, and your voice in a world that desperately needs all three, that you would move in us, speak to us, call us to get up and follow you, and give us the courage and commitment to do so. We are a people in desperate need of your saving grace. We are a people who long for our vision to be cleared so that we might see the needs in our community and that we might become that vital congregation full of life and hope to bring your healing. And we don't know how to do it. And we know we can't do it on our own. And so we call out, have mercy on us. Bring us healing of body, mind, and spirit. Direct us on the way that we should go to confront the evils in this world, the pain and suffering and injustice, to help those who are lost in sin and hurt to see a better way, to find healing and hope for themselves, to help them see to whom they can turn to and experience the mercy that you offer here and now. Help us to not simply wait for things to happen. Wait and hope that the lost will come to us. For all the prayers that we have lifted up this day in, our, in voice, in spirit, we ask that you would heal them, hear them, to bring healing and restoration, a promise of hope. We pray for our nation. We pray for our leaders. But indeed, we pray for all nations and leaders everywhere. We pray for wherever there is injustice, wherever there is hunger, wherever there is sickness, wherever there is oppression, wherever, wherever people are hurting or suffer the threat of violence because of who they are, where they were born, the color of their skin, their gender, or who they love. We know that the walls that we build up were not a part of your plan. And though we try to put limits on your mercy and your grace, we know that there are people calling out for it that we just don't see or would rather not see. Let us see the world through your eyes. Let us see one another through your eyes. Lie eyes that look upon the broken, the hurt, the lost, the sinner, the saint, who looked upon the very people who put him to death and said, Father, forgive them. 
Let us ask boldly for what we need, but let us ask for those things that will bring you glory as we seek to live as your disciples in this world and in our community, in this church. Disciples who pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast today. We hope you found this episode meaningful and inspiring. If you'd like to dive deeper into the content and grow in your faith, we invite you to check out the show notes on our website at burwanumc.org. In the show notes, you'll find morning and afternoon prayers to use in your personal devotions, some reflection questions to dive in deeper, and a study guide that you can use with others. We believe that intentional reflection and study can lead to a deeper understanding of our faith and a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. So take some time to explore the resources provided and see how they can help enhance your spiritual journey. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to having you join us next time. God bless.